All right, guys. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Checking Vow podcast. Um, it's me again. Today I'll be hosting Mawena, and yeah, we're just glad to have you have you back for what is going to be an interesting episode. Now, some of you might know we're recording this episode on Tuesday evening, Tuesday afternoon, and <laughs> let's just say if we had recorded this episode on Monday, some of the sentiments in this episode might have been a little bit different, but you know, we move, we move, that's football, that's football. Koku, what about you? Koku, yeah. what about you? Oh, Charlie, as you said, if we had recorded this like Sunday nights, I'd have been a very happy mm-hmm. person, but I think there's a reason why I, we decided to record today. Because I felt like the man you might something might happen. And Charlie, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And then we have a guest on our podcast. Well, <laughs> Senor, <laughs> please, the floor is yeah. yours. Introduce yourself. Charlie, yeah. So, uh, yeah, my name is Senor. Um, you know, such a huge honor to, to be on a Checking Vow podcast. Um yeah you know huge love for what you guys are doing just like having a space to you know to discuss the the sports we all love yeah yeah and i'm going to you know declare my allegiance from the start i'm a chelsea fan mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know i'm come to come to assist mawena uh, come to give him a, a man advantage so you know but yeah, yeah you know just such an mm-hmm. honor to be to be on the podcast man yeah yeah great great pleasure to have you with us and then Parkofi, last but definitely not the least yeah, mm-hmm. Mawana. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm good, you know. I'm just, you know, trusting the process. <laughs> you know, like, th- there's a there's a famous saying, you know, Rome wasn't built oh, in yeah. a day. You know, good things come to mm-hmm. those who wait. So, he who laughs, know, laughs, laughs longest, this, you know. There's, there's... Uh, all yeah. that good stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's about sticking with your team through mm-hmm. thick and thin. And right now, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit thick. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but let's just dive straight into it. Champions League reaction. <laughs> Leipzig 3, Man United 2. Now, this show isn't necessarily like a Champions League show, but we can't, we can't discuss football without touching on what is going on in the Champions League. So, Koku, what happened? I don't even know where to begin to be very <laughs> very honest like if you guys give me one hour i'll do a deep delve into the pros and cons what man is trying to do what went wrong during this game but just to keep it very very simple football is a game of fine margins and when you're in the champions league you don't take your chances you're not playing west brom that you can <laughs> afford to not take your chances and go scot-free we should have wrapped the group up in exactly. istanbul but they they decided to go and lose <laughs> and that's not me i don't they, they get paid three hundred thousand. i don't get anything i'm trying to work <laughs> right now for my money <laughs> so i don't have the day they have to look themselves in the mirror and be like that's not good no, enough no, not at all um i see now Ole has harry maguire on press duty i'm sure it's definitely due to the fact that people are saying he's not a captain so it's not shocking to see Harry Maguire now doing press conferences. In terms of the overall game, we set up in a 4-5-3-2. But when you can see the goal within two minutes, 
your whole game plan goes out, the, goes window. out yeah. the window. Unfortunately, we was still trying to figure things out of the pitch in terms of the game plan because now it's out of the water. They score a second goal and Charlie from there. The problem is that it's not like they dominated us the whole game. That's the problem I had with Manuel against Piaget and against Leipzig. We played very well, but as I said, don't take your chances. Mm-hmm. This is the Champions League and you'll be, qu- you'll be found out. So, yeah. I'm not the type of fans that will come here and be shouting angry, angry. <laughs> I'm a quite positive person, so I always just look to the yep. next fixture. We are facing Man City. Okay. We'll see what okay. happens. Paco, yeah. it sounds like you need to yeah. chime in on this. <laughs> oh, no, like I'm saying, you know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Why you are a good team? Maybe they can win the Europa League, you know. Like like Koku said, Champions League is very fine margins. And fine margins. Clearly, clearly, you know, uh, United don't have the facilities to play in such an elite competition. So I think the Europa League is there. Is there? Mm, 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 mm. Oh no problem. I mean, maybe he has a he has a good point. So. So yeah. my 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 frustration with the game, and Senor, I'll I'll come to you on what your your thoughts are on this. So like in the first half, it seemed like Leipzig were more up mm-hmm. for the game, like they were first in the tackle, like not even like tactics per se, but a lot of the intangibles that we want to see from our football teams, like aggression and all of those things. Leipzig seemed to to want it more, and then in the second half, that totally flipped. So like my question was. Where was this man, un- like the second half Man United? Where where were they in the first half? Like, Senor, Senor, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, so I mean, like, this was a very interesting match. I, like, you know, I it was hard to kind of focus on this match because, you know, there were lots of other matches as well. But, yeah, you yeah. know, I knew mm-hmm. that something special could could happen, could yeah. happen in this match. And yeah. truly, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Because I couldn't watch all of it, I can't really say that much about like the desire and stuff like that. Okay. But That's it looked right. to me like, like even just watching all three goals, they were pretty much all the same. Mm-hmm. Like coming in from the wing, yep. crossing, and then you know someone gets on the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't. I'm not the kind of person who likes to pick scapegoats, but it looks like the wing backs mm-hmm. might have mm-hmm. to answer some questions. Um, you know, to to fans like like Koku um, and others. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, and of course, like once you, if you concede that many goals, like early in the game, you put yourself in a tough position. But the thing about Manchester United is that they've they've done crazier things before, That's and true. and if we're if like if we're keeping it real, like they almost did it again. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. took a last an unbelievable save from from their keeper to prevent an own goal, yeah. and you know. If that own goal goes in, we're not having this discussion. We That's are true. talking about Manchester United being the 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 miracle workers that we know them to be. But mm-hmm. at some point your luck is going to run out. And yep. today, unfortunately, <laughs> was choose, that day. You chose the wrong mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. But Mana, just to chime in on that, because I feel like that's a brilliant question you've asked. I feel like the PSG game set the precedence for why only picked okay. this formation. Because unlike you, when I saw the lineup for the PSG game, I was like, wow, this is very yeah. unlike Ole in mm-hmm. a big game that he has to win. 4-2-3-1, taking the game to PSG high line. I was quite impressed. 
Because you could see he's tired of the f- defensive football. He wants to play his system. Unfortunately, in football, as you're saying, it's a game of five margins. <laughs> Things don't go away. We lose to you and the problem is he came into this game and when I listened to Nagosman's press conference before the game, he said some things that stuck out to me. He felt like his team was scared during the first mm-hmm. time they faced us. And he said they are come to play their football mm-hmm. and attack. And I was scared because he's one of the best young coaches in the world. And for him to say it, he's not just yeah, talking. Yeah. He's coming to actually instill the, the discipline in his squad. And we saw it. Charlie, I don't lie to you. When, I, when Angelino's game, uh, goal went in, I barely <laughs> sat down. I was getting comfortable. Yeah. I was, I was, I was actually flabbergasted and a bit shocked by by the goal. I'm like to you, and from there I knew we were going to lose the game, cause you don't come into such a game and you lose considering yeah, the second yeah. minute against PSG to be considered in the set minutes. Yeah. It's not good enough. And my problem is that these comebacks we're having, it's like papering over the cracks. That is mm. that we are considering yeah. too many goals. Southampton mm. considered two goals. Okay, set pieces. We are still considering goals. So like yeah, Charlie only has some mm-hmm. questions to answer. The end of the season, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work a miracle <laughs> and win the Premier League, Europa League or FA Cup, Charlie is okay. He still has brought stability to the club. It's time to bring in All a right. born winner. All and right. let's move for it. Yeah, we will definitely <laughs> delve more into this as because Man Man United are playing Man City in the Manchester derby this me this coming weekend. But then. Let's move over to this past weekend slate of Premier League fixtures. Um, since Senor is here, we'll have to start with um, Chelsea versus Leeds. And I think Koku mentioned this like a couple of weeks ago that he was waiting for Chelsea versus Leeds because it will be an, an mm-hmm. exciting match to watch. And I mean, for me, it wasn't exciting to watch because I wanted my team to win. But I can see why for the neutral, it would be a nice match. But like both, both, teams, both teams were really going at it. Um, Senor, Senor, what did you make of the victory? Yeah, no, I mean, I can totally identify with, like, I'm sure for someone who didn't have any vested interest mm-hmm. in the match, it's like, oh, this is this is fun. But I was nervous up until Christian Pulisic scored that third goal to wrap it up. Yeah, I was yeah. actually very nervous. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very, I can, yeah, from a neutral point, you know, it was pretty fun. Leeds brought their, their usual, like, very attacking very intense those those guys are intense like especially when they're playing against your team you notice that wow these these guys really they really bring the energy um <laughs> you know although it was against my team i was actually kind of happy for patrick bamford i mean the truth is i don't think that there was anything that we could have done to prevent his goal and i mean i had bamford on my fbl team so yeah i put him on that my was, bench <laughs> that was good um <laughs> no and then i think other than that, it looked to me like um, when Chelsea had the ball, Leeds were doing kind of like a man-to-man marking. And because mm-hmm. Bielsa has them with like uh, with such good stamina, they they were really good at like keeping to their assignment. So mm-hmm. it's like the thing that I think that really um, unlocked the game were, first of all, just like some moments of individual brilliance for the first goal. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and secondly, just like Leeds' inability to defend set pieces. Like from mm-hmm. the first half, mm-hmm. we saw a few corners that Leeds couldn't defend and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a, a foreshadowing for for Zuma's goal. But I think that a truly special moment in the game, um, which thankfully came after 
a, a shocking miss from Timo Werner. We we need to talk about him later. <laughs> we will talk about him later. Um, but that guy. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll, we'll talk about him. But speaking of the first goal, I think that um, it all came from when Ziyech. So because like Leeds were playing man to man, Ziyech mm-hmm. basically pulled his man onto. Uh, I don't know who was marking him. Pulled him onto the other leads marker. Yeah, it was almost yeah. kind of like a like a basketball Ayoski. switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah. Reese James got free on the outside. It was brilliant stuff. And yeah. with the quality of the balls Reese James has been putting in these days, it's just like you know, Olivier Giroud was just there to to smash it in, and and we have our we have our equalizer. Um, I think other than that, like the rest of the game, like Chelsea posed a good attacking threat. Um, because Leeds were marking man to man, it was I feel like it was pretty easy for Chelsea to like run into space as mm-hmm. long as they like got the ball. Um but yeah, I mean I think that Chelsea did a good job of like of of making use of opportunities and um and I mean Leeds are you know, Leeds are still really good. They they made it, they kept it real close yeah, and yeah. um I'm happy we came up with the win. Yeah, yeah. I mean before before Koku goes and then we talk about Timo Werner, interesting stats. Chelsea actually outran Leeds by six kilometers. And that wasn't wow. something Incredible. that... Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, that's the first time Leeds have been outrunning a Premier League game this season. And I, I was surprised when I heard the stats myself. So um, it goes to show that there, there, there has been some good work going on in the training ground in terms of getting into position and being solid and stuff like that. But we, we have to talk about some of the chances that were missed. I mean, Timo Werner, I mean... Defenders will be proud of that line clearance. Like that was that was that was stuff that <laughs> stuff that you would you, you would definitely win like clearance no, of the no. year. Um Koku, what do you what do you what do you make of a German striker? Um I would not say I'm I wouldn't say I'm surprised because before he came to Chelsea when you saw his big chances missed stats, mm. it was pretty mm. much the same. So he was definitely a guy who but if you create chances for him yeah, he'll miss maybe one or two, but he'll still score. So that's the problem. It's hard to judge him because obviously if you are giving someone six chances, eh, any good, decent footballer will score <laughs> one or two. But in terms of Timo Werner, um, hopefully he's just getting it out of his system early on in his career because there are some games that will come if Chelsea is nil-nil going to 90 minutes and he gets one of these chances. You expect your 15 million striker yeah, to bury yeah, it. That's true. Very true. So, yeah. But I saw I saw an article on The Athletic mm-hmm. that Chelsea can bear afford to have him miss chances because his pace is a very vulnerable mm-hmm. threat. to. And, yeah, you could very see true. from the policies yeah, this goal. Very, very true. Yeah. So, I don't think Chelsea get, should be so... Tammy Abraham is dead. Giroud is in the form of... I want to say form of a life, but he's doing mm-hmm. well right now. So... Yeah, tell me it's something you can work um when I something you can work on in training. So and he's young, so yeah, yeah you come yeah, good. Yeah. Come good. Parkofi, what did you what did you make mm. of the game? Um two Chelsea players stood out to me in particular. Um firstly, I think Christian Pulisic is actually the best player at Chelsea. I agree. Well he's my favorite. Yeah, okay. because I don't even think he played he did much. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think this has <laughs> no, been one I mean, of his best uh, best games, but I can I can I can understand definitely, what you're saying. Definitely. I'm I'm not basing it off of one game, obviously not, but just looking at the kind of player he is, like 
the potential is literally sky high. He could one day be the best player in the league. That's the kind of talent level Christian Pulisic has. You look at the close control, look at the finishing, everything. By the way, I did accurately predict that he will score. But to me, I feel as though Chelsea's most important player is Thiago Silva. Simply because of the stability he brings to the whole back line and the organization. Thiago Silva has really impressed yeah. me, you know. Because when Chelsea were, were getting him, I said, uh, 36, you know, like maybe the Premier League is mm-hmm. too fast. But what he's done for Lampard and that back line is nothing short of phenomenal. When you watch Chelsea games, I urge you all to start watching Thiago Silva a lot more. Just look at how he controls the whole back line. He's always in Zuma's ear. Okay, take one yeah, step forward. Yeah. And it's improved Chelsea yeah. massively. Like, Chelsea looked like a real deal. You know that kind of team that's scintillating going forward and they are more than decent at the back. That's that's a title-winning formula. I'm not saying Chelsea win it. But yeah, Thiago Silva really impressed me. In regards to Leeds, you know, like I, I said, if you put any half-decent winger on Luke Ayling, there's a chance, like, you, you get chances, you know. And also, like, finishing-wise, you know, Patrick Bamford for me is just... You know, if you put any half-decent... Imagine Mason Greenwood in Leeds. Like, you know, he, you could talk of Mason Greenwood get, having a 20-goal season. You know, it's it's the yeah, fine margins. Yeah. I don't think in the end it will cost Leeds because I, I think they'll beat a lot of teams, but... Yeah, that's that's just my, my two cents yeah, on the yeah. game. And then quickly before we wrap up on this on this Chelsea Chelsea game, um Olivier Giroud has now sort of played himself mm. into into the first team. I mean what mm. what what do you guys make of mm. this? Senor, let me let me start with you. Um you know, yeah, and then we'll come okay, to Fakofi. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean I think you know, I think the like the onus is on is on Frank Lampard, you know. Um, that's the thing. You, we, we talk. I think he often says that we talk about good problems as a coach. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're a coach and all your players are playing well, it's a good problem to have. It means you know, it's your job to keep your players happy, but it means that your 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 team is winning. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I I I don't even I don't even have ways to describe how happy I was when Giroud came up with that masterclass against against Sevilla. Um, and it's like yeah, I mean, I think that. As long as Lampard can find a way to <clears throat> regularly um, <clears throat> give his three strikers, you know, minutes, that's um, Giroud, mm-hmm. um, Werner, and Abraham. And the thing is, I think that if anything, this season is the perfect season to have three top quality strikers because we're playing every three days. So it makes sense to be able to, everyone can be able to rest, you know, come on as a sub once in a while, have a rest here and there, mm-hmm. so that on average, everyone is actually getting their minutes, even though you're not playing every game. So I think that it sounds to me like, from all the interviews and stuff that I've watched, it sounds to me that like, Giroud is well appreciated in the in the dressing room. And so it's like, you know, it sounds like if Chelsea can just can keep him happy, and it, it looks to me like he's happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think his position in France is, is, um, is under threat. I think that, you know, he's 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 too good um as long as we can keep all our strikers happy i'm you know i'm i'm in the time of my life as as a chelsea fan at the moment yeah yeah and parkofi i mean especially you considering you know arsenal arsenal yeah 
allowed Giroud to leave in order to make way for um, Obama Young and Lacazette to to spearhead your attack. How <laughs> how does this make you feel? You know, I always say um, one thing I regret as an Arsenal fan, especially in Wenger's mm-hmm. latter years, is not trying to tweak the system to get the best out of Giroud. Because Giroud has always been quality to me. I think Giroud has the best link-up. To me, what I like most about him is his mm-hmm. link-up play. It's very phenomenal for a big man. But, <laughs> you know, Chelsea, like Senyo said, Chelsea, it seems as though Lampard is slowly getting everything right, you know. He has the depth he needs in key areas, especially going into December. You need goals. You need wins mm-hmm. in December. That's it's a very important time. December makes or breaks your season, to be honest. And, you know, Chelsea are just looking like... Because one thing I used to judge a team is that, okay, if this player gets injured, will it derail their season? And I'm looking. If Zia gets injured, you t- put in Havertz. If Pulisic goes, Werner plays on the right, Abraham. And, you know, you have even quality guys like Kovacic and, to an extent, Jorginho on the bench, you know. Lampard has impressed me. With the job he's done in the space of less than two years, like, I think we need to give him props because if you look at where Chelsea were with the whole Conte situation, him coming in, it's a youthful team. They managed to finish in the top four. And all of a sudden, we're talking... I don't know if they are, they are legitimate title contenders, but it's looking that way. It's really impressive. I'm, I'm really impressed yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, just just one one game at a time. One game at a time. Um, all right, let's <laughs> let's let's move over to the North London derby. <sighs> like, do we really need to talk I, I, about this? I'm afraid we do. Unfortunately, I'm afraid we do. It's a big game. Yeah, like so. Watching this game, I realized so many things about football that I didn't like even know I could realize in a game. Little things like players going off <laughs> injured and coming back on, things like counter attacks, people <laughs> not tracking runners, and it just made me realize that you know football is is really a multifaceted game. And like Koko has been saying, like at the top level, it's very very fine margins. It's very very fine margins. Like. And Arsenal unfortunately didn't didn't have those fine margins and Spurs did. Spurs did. Um Koku, what did you make of I hate to call these things Mourinho masterclasses, but <laughs> for 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 want of a better phrase, what did you make of this this Mourinho masterclass? <sighs> that was such a funny game. <laughs> I feel like Arsenal played right. You remember last week I was saying the match, it will depend on how Mourinho mm-hmm. approaches the match. And oh my God, he approached it with his pack the bus <laughs> yeah. philosophy. And I think this pack the bus Mourinho we are seeing oh, is definitely. here to stay. Because I was, I was, I follow a money account on Twitter, some former statistician turned Twitter mm-hmm. Manu guy. And he was posting Stop a statistical, no, nah, no, nah, it's a United Arena. We don't know who it is, but mm. it's some dude. And. Mm. I was looking at you like did a map of like how many times a team spends in the other team's half versus how much they spend defending. Charlie Tottenham are down there with the Ben Lee, <laughs> West Brom. <laughs> so like it just shows that's their yeah, style of yeah. play. And I think one, it saves energy because your players just have to be shuffling mm-hmm. across and keeping mm-hmm. their shape. 
And Mourinho knows it's a long season. Mourinho is mm-hmm. a strategist. All I would say is that I don't know if his style of play currently is sustainable because you saw against Chelsea, if they don't get a goal, they become a very, very horribly defensive team. Um, I saw their XG. I saw their XG for the second half. Yeah, I think um, it was 0. 0.00. Against, like. yes, <laughs> against Chelsea and against Arsenal. Second half, 0. 0.0 XG. I, I don't even remember them having a shot. And I saw another stats that came to me was Song. So Song is outperforming his XG. For those who don't know XG, you know, probability of a certain chance. Yeah. Figures, Expected you know, goals. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And his XG is 3.5. It's 3.5 and he scored, what, 11 <laughs> goals or 10 goals. So it's ridiculous. It just shows... Actually, actually, Song, his XG is the highest, like, I think in his whole space career, he has an XG and he's like... He's like over yeah, yeah. it by like 50%. So yeah. he's just one of those guys. He's very clinical. Give him one chance. He's going to score a goal. But when first face a team like the low block teams, because I've seen it already, mm-hmm. Burnley, they've struggled. West Brom. West Brom, yep. they've struggled. But I don't know if Mourinho has got to them to score dirty goals. Because those are the type of dirty goals they scored to win those matches. And that's what you need sometimes. I hope it's sustainable. But, but just quickly on Arsenal. Hmm. <laughs> It was quite a tough match for Arsenal because I don't like to you. Facing a low block is one of the hardest yep. things you can do. Pep suffers with it. And I think Ateta, that's one thing. Because I remember when Man City played Arsenal in the FA Cup. The same low block space implemented. And, uh, and Man City were just spamming crosses. And it's the same thing look like Arsenal were doing. I saw they attempted like 44 crosses. I don't know, Four. like the low block, Charlie, unless people like to say tactics and system, when you're facing a low block, unless you have Mavericks in attack yeah. or midfield, who can take the game by the scruff of the neck and make something mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. nothing, Charlie, no system can really break down a low block unless you yeah. have this type yeah. of players. So I feel for us now, because I think they did well. Like the first 20 minutes, they took the game to space. They were busting the midfield. Unfortunately, Charlie, but I, just before you guys come in, Ateta, I saw something like in terms of chance created, all that yada yada. Arsenal is like in the bottom two yeah. for all of them. And to me, it's concerning because you have managers with worse teams that are doing better. So I'm just trying to say, when do we start blaming the coach? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very great points there, Coco. Um, <coughs> let, me, let me give Pakovi some time, you know, to gather his thoughts because I know this one is going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a long one. But with 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 respect to you know breaking down low block teams one of the things i remember i can't remember which manager said it but he's 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 always like you have to get defenders like you have to get defenders shape 10 like you have to get their body on the 10 and the only way you can do that is if you play balls in behind mm-hmm. or if you get runners in behind to break the line like if they are defending and facing the ball and they can see the players they can see all the runs it's, it's going to be so easy for them because remember these are like highly trained high level athletes like they can communicate okay take this guy take that guy head it out that's not difficult for them at all the moment you get them turned then they don't know what's behind them they can't tell what's to their side that's exactly where you have them on the ropes um yeah so park with you the floor is yours hmm. um yeah uh you know uh, my 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 guru said um, this week no runs. You know, have to calm calm the. <laughs> but 
Um, a few things on a more serious note. A few things from the game. Um, I've kind of lost faith in Mikel Arteta, to be honest, because like Koku said, sometimes, you know, I look at a team like Gary Monk's Swansea. They were able to create chances with the likes of, you know, Leon Britton in midfield. Do you understand? Like, my thing is, it doesn't seem as though the board is going to give up on Arteta because they've more or less invested heavily in him. And he's a rookie head coach, so a lot of people say he's learning, but... It makes me wonder the kind of education he got, like managerial wise, because I am seeing absolutely zero signs of anything, you know? Because you watch a, a match, and, and if you, as the fan, can think of a better plan to get your team improving, then it, it tells you something. How can you play Saka? I'd never want to see Saka, Tieni, and Xhaka on one wing again. It's too much. It's punishment to the eye. It's punishment to the eye. Like, like certain things don't make sense to me. Why would you keep playing Granny Xhaka? The guy doesn't do anything. He gets booked a lot. Like, what is he there for? What is he mm. there for? Making up the name. The, <laughs> the fact that you can play, you can play Jaka over Midland now. You know that's a bit racism in my eyes. <laughs> that's a bit racism in my eyes. No, really. Because you know Arsenal, and you know what? Arsenal need a clear out. Like so many players need to go. Bro, what is Rob Holding doing in my team? Uh, you guys remember Jemule? <laughs> those, those of you who don't know, we all went to high school together. I've seen much better defenders than Robin, to be honest. And you see, there are certain things that make me want, like seriously question Arteta. Why doesn't Saliba play? When you, you, there's obviously a creativity crisis, why is Mesut Ozil frozen out? It's like... The solutions to the problems mm-hmm. are there, but he's intentionally going around it. And that, to me, is a sign of madness. <laughs> because why? Is it that you don't want the team to improve? But yeah, solution-wise, you know, I'm, I'm at this point where, you know, Maona, it's more or less... <sighs> you have to trust yeah, the process. Because, yeah. like Koku said earlier, you know, these guys get paid millions to figure it out. You know, I'm I'm just here doing my doctorate. Like, I I I can't be figuring out for mm-hmm. them as well. I'll say this though: there needs to be a clear out. And you know, going into the summer window, I kept on saying to myself, like, yo, Arsenal cannot afford to not sign a creative midfielder because at that point I thought Ozil was going to leave, mm-hmm. but he didn't. I was. You see, cause it's it's ridiculous. Like you're playing Lacazette at number ten. That is worse than playing Mubarak Wakaso day. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> why has Mubarak Wakaso got it's... free slander? <laughs> no, like I don't understand what's going on at Arsenal. To be honest, it's a bit comical. And and before we go anywhere, Hector Bellerin. Yeah, I was I just about to mention him. If you. If if you do another foul, like bro, foul throw, you you stop learning how to do it in class five. 
You stop learning how to do foul. There have been 16 committed this season. Bellerin has committed five. No other player has committed more than one. Like, what is going on? Like, everything, like, all jokes aside, what is happening? Look, I, I tweeted that it is a spiritual issue, and it's true. I've been on the phone with many exorcists this week that challenged can we go and do a seance at the Emirates? Because the moment we entered that stadium, some Charlie, yeah, so, you know, and, but, but, uh, before I quickly move on, uh, we move on, I just want to say Spurs, mm-hmm. yeah, did you see that second goal? Oh yeah, my, I, yeah. it was, it was far better than some yeah, to yeah. me. Did you see that goal? Spurs are, I still don't think they'll win the league because they're in the Europa League, but, you know, it's typical second season Mourinho, and it's been something I've admired since I was, I was young, because it always showed me that Mourinho was the kind of guy where, okay, he would take one season to figure out what he needs to do, then boom, next season mm-hmm. we are alive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very yeah. admirable. But yeah, Arsenal, trust the process. Let's hope we don't get relegated and yeah, push on <laughs> from there. Yeah, yeah. Send yeah. real, real quick your your thoughts on space. Your thoughts on space. Yeah, no. I mean, I you know, I could. What's the what's the expression? Wax lyrical on mm-hmm. on space. They are they are incredible. Um, <laughs> honestly, you know, like every time um, Kane and Son produce, you know that that graphic of Kyrie and LeBron from I think Game Five of twenty sixteen. Forty one, forty one. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, if you, you know, a quick FPL, if you can afford them both, you, de- you need to have them both in your team. Um, just their combination play um, for both the first and second goals. You know, Harry Kane, a striker, is clearing things off the off the line in his own defense. It's, it's incredible. They just like, you can see that they have just this, this incredible desire to win, this incredible mentality. Um it's almost like Son and Kane um, are are like they communicate telepathically. Hoybeek is having the season of his life. He's you know intercepting, passing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. I think mm-hmm. one last thing that I'll say about like mm-hmm. Spurs, which is you know you'll appreciate from watching both goals, and it's something that I sort of at least with my you know untrained eye watching the Premier League is that like. If you are going to counter-attack, just counter-attack, you know, like, make the attack. This whole thing of, like, if you know that you're a team that's not going to get that many, like, chances, when you get the ball and you cut, you catch your opponents off guard, you need to go for it and go and punish them. This whole thing of yep. you run and then you wait a little bit for the team to come and set up their defense, you've wasted the opportunity. Spurs got their two opportunities. They counter-attack. They just went for it. Son, pa and then Kane, pa, that's all, you know. And then once you have a two-goal lead, that's 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 really all you need. Um, yeah. Jose Mourinho in this day and age, in this 2020, is not giving up a 2 0 halftime lead. You know, um, before we move on, can I quickly say, looking back at all the Mourinho teams over the years, especially the counter-attacking ones, I don't think Mourinho has ever had two gunmen like Kane and so on. Because mm. those boys, one chance, pa, that's it. You know, cause looking back, you know, Milito, I feel yeah, like, I feel like the Madrid one. You know, you look I feel at like the Madrid one. Yeah, the Ronaldo, okay, Madrid, Madrid, and okay. Benzema, true, Ukraine, true. 
True, true. Because they, they, they scored yeah, over 100 yeah, goals yeah. that season as well. But that's the but only yeah, one I put over them. Maybe for his time, his time, yeah, in, his time England, in England. I think the Spurs one is the best. Yeah. England, I, these, these are the two best he's had, for sure. But yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right. Um, so Spurs being title challengers, we have to look at the, I mean, in many people's opinion, the favorites, the current holders of the Premier mm-hmm. League, Liverpool. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes you just expect them to drop points some weeks so that your team can, you know, can can and can progress in the title race. But they don't. They just don't want to let up. They they absolutely dismantled Wolves, four zero. And I mean. I don't know what you guys make of this, but it's 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 beginning to get to that point. Because mind you, they are doing all of this without Van Dijk. They are doing all of this without Thiago. They are doing all of this. Fabinho is not playing in midfield. They are doing all of this with Curtis Jones, Nico Williams at right back. They are doing all of this with some goalkeeper I'd never heard of until Wednesday. No, Allison. I mean, <laughs> is it is it Liverpool for the league again? Yeah, Charlie, it's theirs to lose. Not even because yeah. of anything about players. Charlie, the coach is phenomenal. And yeah. once you have a phenomenal coach, Charlie, you just need yeah. to be the you just need to be the cogs in the system and listen to what he has to say. And you guys mm-hmm. will bear the fruits. So yeah, Liverpool, I don't there's not much to say about Liverpool. Yeah, like Charlie, they are good. I remember we're predicting that Wolves win. I was predicting Wolves win because I just want Charlie, you asked me when I said, you want your team to to surpass Liverpool. But Wolves, just briefly on them, Shimino is caught in two yeah. minds. Yeah. He wants to make them more yeah. attacking, but it's at the expense of their defense. Because Leeds, um, I said Leeds, Wolves, considering a counter-attack goal, I don't see that very often. Uh, yeah, so that was quite interesting to me. Um, They miss Jimenez. Very much. Because the first half, Traore and Neto push the ball into Jimenez territory. And mm. Charlie, he was no Jimenez. So... And that's the thing, their system is so reliant on him that without him, it's like they are now having to refigure mm-hmm. out how to play. But he's a mm-hmm. good coach. So I think it'll be okay. But yeah, Liverpool for the league, Charlie. Personally, and I, I'm, I'm saying this, if there's anybody at UEFA that listens to this, you need to rig it so Liverpool play Bayern Munich in that final. Because to me, even though they aren't defending champions, I still think Liverpool are the best team in Europe. Definitely. Definitely, cause you know I, I watch Bayern how they how they play. Yes, they are good, but you look at Liverpool what they are doing, and they aren't at full strength as well. It's incredible stuff, you know. Like to me, it's crazy how Thiago hasn't even been integrated properly. Thiago, arguably a top five midfielder in the world, you know. So. These are good times to be a Liverpool fan, you know. It was 30 long years for them to yep, win the league. Yep. I think they are about to do a double. And yeah, it's, it's good times, you know. I'm I'm waiting for when Arsenal to finally get to Liverpool's level. Inshallah. Oh, soon and very soon. Soon and very soon. <laughs> Senor, your thoughts on Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, no, Liverpool are scary. They they are frightening. They, they they play some irresistible mm-hmm. football. They score all types of all types of goals. Mm-hmm. I remember like we used to joke that they were Trent and Inshallah. But the thing is that they have so many other weapons. 
and of course they also scored a, a, a trans cross goal so they have they have that one day yeah. the guy came from the bench he's been injured he still came and assisted yeah. it's scary mm. you know they're they're so good they're they're so so good they like at various points in the over the past few weeks like half their team has been injured or had covid or something or something and they just kept winning and winning, mm-hmm. winning it's it's crazy i don't i don't know it's like they are doing some thanos thing i don't I don't know how to <laughs> how to stop them. It's it's scary. Um, I think that, and the thing is, they're keeping clean sheets. Their yeah. defenders are injured, and they're mm-hmm. still defending. I don't know whether it's just like the the system. I, is I think so. I think, I think Koku is right. Mm-hmm. I think they've since the Aston Villa game, and then once they lost Van Dijk, I feel like they've been compensating for that. So like. At the beginning of the season, Liverpool were playing at the halfway line, basically. But right now, they are playing halfway in their own half. That sort of thing. So yeah. That that has definitely yeah. helped make them more 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 solid. Um, I think once Van Dijk and people come back, they will move back to the halfway line and continue playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they might concede more goals, but they will still win matches. Like they are, they are just so so far ahead of everyone else in the league. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And I think just one more thing is that, like, I think. I read somewhere that Klopp was saying that like apparently Chelsea is the team to beat. Oh, Please, bro, it's I'm mind game too. It's mind game. I'm games. begging you people. It's mind game. <laughs> don't believe a word he says. It's Everyone is playing like hot cake with this uh, champions. Is oh Chelsea is the team to beat, and then uh, oh Liverpool is there, and meanwhile Man City too haven't said anything. It's it's scary. Please, I'm begging you. This mind games is almost like a. Do you remember the last week when we heard that apparently Kane was injured and was not going to start or something like that? That's Mourinho level mind games that we all know that that means Kane is starting and he's scoring at least one goal. Please, I'm begging you to all the listeners, Chelsea are not, we are not uh, the team to beat. We are, we are, you know, one game at a time. We are trying to do our thing and then you know we are we are going in the right direction yeah. we are we are small players going up against big horses you know and just i just want to before we even give out a shout out to my boy mo salah he gets a lot of disrespect for some odd reason but his, his money is on a very bad <laughs> run right now <laughs> but salah is he has, he has scored like one goal in 11 games but salah is is, is trying is helping he's helping he got an assist and a goal yeah, so it's unfortunate it's that Liverpool have two gunmen in their team. In Charlie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, speaking of like the top of the table, um, I remember at the beginning of the season, we we, we had some predictions. And this this fun question, funny enough, has come from one of our very own on the podcast, Senyo right here. Um, so <laughs> so Senyo is asking, and you, you understand why it's related to our predictions at the beginning of the season. Senyo asks, why a team that finished ninth in the season winning 14 matches last season is on pace to finish <laughs> ladies and gentlemen with four points <laughs> from the entire season four points like one two three and four they can yeah, have one point from about 11 games and sheffield united what has gone wrong let me just sorry um back of i like I'm not going to really answer the question, so I just want to like give a bit of like background mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'm really excited to hear like your thoughts on on the question. But like, just like looking up the the records and stuff, the the worst ever season, right, in the Premier League 
um, many of you remember was from Derby County, County in yeah. 2007, yeah, 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. And they had um, 11 points, right? They managed to win one mm. game, which was crazy enough, I believe, hey. against Manchester City, which is <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. it's crazy in these streets, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. they managed I'm to beat Manchester City, and then I think they drew eight games, and um, mm-hmm. they lost and the they other lost twenty-nine way. games. Um, so you know, so far, <laughs> up to now, it's like Sheffield have only drawn one against Fulham, and Fulham are seventeenth. So. You know that that tells you everything you need to know, and they've lost all the other matches. So it's like, it's dreadful, really. And I'm I'm really interested. What I'm really interested to to, to hear, like, what are you guys thoughts? Like, why is this happening? Yeah. Um. Personally, I I think um most teams have just done their homework. To be honest, like, you know, Chris Wilder's system last year was very unique. Quite novel. Know? Overlapping mm-hmm. center backs, yeah. No, nobody had ever seen that. So, you know, I remember telling Marina this in like uh, twenty twelve or twenty thirty. I said, in the Premier League, you are granted one season mm-hmm. where nobody knows you, so you're allowed to express yourself. And you see this a lot with flair players. I use, I remember, I used Javinho as an example. That like first season kickoff, nobody really. Second season, they study you if you're not proper quality, you're done. So, I think that's what's happening with Sheffield. Also, they really need to go to the Liverpool executive that sold them (laughs) and like they need to jump him or something because that that was, that there was a horrible bit of business. A horrible Mm -hmm. bit of business. But yeah, they've, they've also bear in mind they've, they've lost some key players um i believe one of their center backs tore his mm-hmm. cruciate ligament so you know it's just it's one of those ones i i watched the game versus leicester and you know the reason they lost john fleck just loses possession in the middle one quick through ball from madison bang vardy in there and yeah it's one of those ones they're definitely going down definitely but i kind of feel for yeah, chris wilder because yeah. There's only so much you can do with what you have. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think part of their problem because they had Dean Henderson on loan for Man United, and I mean, granted, he did make like a couple of howlers, but he also produced a lot of great saves that really kept them in games. So, I think replacing him with Ramsdale from Bournemouth, even see Ramsdale, yeah, all the stats like look good in his favor because he was playing in a team that played like open football, so he was always facing shots. And so he has this like notion of being a short stopper, but I actually don't think that guy is a great goalkeeper. I don't know. And like Parkovi oh. said, the injuries yeah, yeah. and all of those things. Um, yeah, Koku, Koku, take it away, take it away. Oh, yeah, Mona, it's interesting to say that because I was reading to the Athletic. For those who like, you know, in-depth analysis, thankfully enough, Mona gave us his oh. login, and we can now enjoy the service. <laughs> But those guys produce some breathtaking, you know, if you like, a, if you're a data guy, you mm-hmm. want to see the numbers. It's brilliant. But there are two important things to take out from Sheffield. And unfortunately for them, it's at the two most important ends of the field. So from a goalkeeping point of view, last season, their expected goals against was, I think, 59. And they only let in about 39 or so. So Dean Henderson, definitely, his yep. difference, his absence has made 
a huge difference because I saw Ransdale stats and his expected goals against like 18 and he has let in like 17. So that's horrid. He's, he's not saving a lot. In terms of going forward, they are creating chances. They are definitely creating chances. I saw their goals, expected goals, and they are really underperforming it. And I don't know. I saw a stats against West Brom, or did they lost one nil? They they are in terms of chance creation. It was the set best performance in the league so far in terms of chance creation. So it just shows that they're not mm-hmm. taking their chances. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, football is a game yeah. of fine margins. You watch their results: one nil, two one, one nil, two one. Charlie, the big boys will punish you. And yeah, it's just I don't know if they can turn it around because before you know it, we're in March. You have yeah, ten points. The, the, <laughs> the Christmas yeah. period is <laughs> very vital for them. Like you see, in Christmas, yeah, because you are playing a game every three days. Like if you get in with confidence and you win two, you can easily win the third one, and all of a sudden they are out of the bottom three. But if they lose three on the stretch, they are gone. They are gone. Do you guys think they can get relegated before the new? Oh, year? I think it's possible. Because oh, Derby did, didn't they? Well. Derby did, didn't they? I know Derby got relegated. Yeah, they were, they were relegated. It was like March, like I January think. January or February. I think if... <laughs> if... Actually, considering like Fulham and some of the other teams down there, West Brom, they'll also struggle. So I doubt okay. they'd be relegated yeah. that early. But... In it's, terms a f- it's a four-horse four, yeah. race, to be honest. Like, unfortunately, Brighton, they see themselves mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. as well. Like, when you look when you look at the table, the teams that are in the top, the bottom half, there are teams who should be okay. Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Aston mm-hmm. Villa. Yeah, so Brighton, West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield. The one who the guys who don't score the most goals yeah, will get relegated, yeah. and Brighton score enough goals to mm-hmm. make it. So, but yeah. All right, thank you very much, Senu, for that question. Um, remember, guys, if you want to have your question featured on our next episode of the podcast, all you have to do is tweet at us at at checking underscore var with your question, and we'll pick from one of the questions that come into us this week and hopefully yours will be the one that features on the podcast yeah so moving on to this week's coming fist hmm, fixtures <laughs> <laughs> we have man united versus man city koku and manchester derby what are you looking for from the boys Sorry, this is the i actually is the best match to face to play after such mm-hmm. a horrific exit mm-hmm. because Charlie we are pumped it's a local derby and you want a reaction Charlie in terms of how the game will pan out I, mean, I don't know anymore Manu <laughs> so unfortunately unfortunately Man City are not in like scintillating like mm-hmm. I watched them against Fulham Fulham second half they changed their system and they were much more solid I feel like it's going to be a, a game of very few goals mm-hmm. it, yeah like three goals maximum I don't know. I'm a man new fan, so I'd like to say we'll win 2-1. But if it's 1-1 one, one draw, I'll not be very shocked. But Charlie, the boys have to win because right now, the way the season is going, we don't have much to play for anymore. Like you probably, Charlie, we didn't set out to want to be in that competition. So the fact that we are in it is by virtue of our own down, as our virtue of our own inabilities. So that's okay. That's on us. That's the Premier League. Our same. When we finish third, 
We are not looking to finish third again. Because that's a useless mm-hmm. season. We want top two. Uh, people may laugh, but we have to win the league this season. We have spent a lot of money, and we have to win. Yeah, we have we have enough. We have yeah, good enough yeah. players. I mean, I mean, Arsenal fan might think the win the league is a bit funny, but Charlie, we have to win. We have to win. We have to win because there's no excuse. Like you can say, okay, we have we need one or two more players. But what's the difference of Chelsea being able to win? We're everything space. Space finish sit, and we are, we are saying they can win the title. Why can't man who has spent three hundred million in like three seasons be able to mount a title challenge? I think it's possible. So yeah, we should do it. I'm a man new fan. I want to see my boys launch for the title. And just before I end, when you look at the most points gotten since January, we are top with Liverpool. So I'm not saying that stats means that we are doing anything good, but if we can keep that momentum mm-hmm. going, who knows yeah, what can yeah, happen? Yeah. yeah. I want to see my yeah, who knows what can Park happen. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? Um, I actually think Manchester United are going to win. Please don't. Uh, be <laughs> <this fight. laughs> no, no. no. I, actually, I, I, I think I think my United will win because it's one of those where you do need a reaction from your team. You do. I mean, all you needed was one point to qualify. You Tell you, they points. bottled it. Jesus, it's, God. It's it's it's. And like Koku said, they, they have a lot of quality in their team. I don't think they can win the league because now they're in the Europa League and scheduling will just be disgusting. So, yeah, in terms of the game, I look at it this way. If City go on the offensive and try and, you know, break down Manchester United, I think countering up, counter-attacking is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's best, like, mm-hmm. strength. So that could be an avenue for Manchester United. And in regards to City, I think City are slowly but surely picking up the pace. They've had some yeah, good yeah. results. But I just I just think Manchester United need this more, you know. They have they they need this more cuz it feels like one of the, those games where you know, if City come up with a win, then the same old questions come back. Is only the right man for the job, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, before we, 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 we enter the studio, I, I was saying, um, modern managers don't get enough time. Because, personally, I think Oli is actually a more than decent coach, you know. It's just a matter of figuring things out, you know. Because, like, in these Champions League games, like Koku said, you know, it seems as though he was caught in two minds of what to do. Because you have to keep bear in mind that the fans also want their team to play a certain way. You see, that's why Mourinho, like certain coaches thrive, because they get the whole club to buy into their philosophy. Atletico Madrid fans, would, I'm sure they would love to see liquid football. But the defensive football has gotten them to where they are. They, it's won them a league title. So, yeah, it's. I think only needs time. I... I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying this, but the, I get this strange <laughs> feeling that I honestly get the strange feeling that. But how could we even thank you for that before sending before you even yeah. come in? I just want to use one minute to give a monologue mm. on money. Yes. So it's funny. The problem only right and why I like him personally is one recruitment. At least he knows what kind of place mm-hmm. he's looking for. And he's done a decent job, much more better than other managers. I don't know if it's Edward Ward, mm-hmm. who is going on. 
in terms of clearing out the dead wood, he has also done a good job. We have some four more players to go, and I can successfully say every player in the squad, we want them to be there. But the thing about Olitu is that he says all the right things. So I read, and I like to reference the Athletic, because I don't know how these guys just get exclusive scoops. They had an interview with Ole on November 27th. Man is plan for the future and what Ole thinks it is. And this man was saying all the right things. Right now, his team has perfected the counter-attacking system. But to him, that's not really a way to play football. Now they want to be able to be scoring from crosses. They want to be able to be scoring with when teams low block them, they can be doing possession football and tiki taka and unlock them, whatever, whatever. So he's saying all the right things. Now it's time to execution because at least, and that's the thing about Oli, he's not a damn guy. If there's one thing when he was a player that everybody said, even Ferguson, when he's on the bench, he's steady in the game so that when he comes mm-hmm. on as a sub, he can see where the weakness of the opponent is and score a goal. That's why he scores so many goals. So he's not a dumb guy. Mm-hmm. My only problem I feel like Ole is that I see some fear in him sometimes. He's caught in two minds between Charlie, should I go all out and play how I want to play? Or should I pay respect to the opponent and sit back a little? And that's my only worry. I hope he figures it out. But so far, it, cl- it looks like he knows what to do. It's a matter of can he do it? And that's what I like to see. But yeah. Mm. All right, all right. Um, so quick, quick predictions on that game. Actually, no, Senor, I don't know if you've, 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 you've spoken on Yeah. No, I mean, in terms of like tactics, uh, again, like kind of like Koku said, with Man U, it's almost like you don't know which Man U is going to like to show up because yeah. it's like we, we've been saying that, you know, Manchester United is in crisis, all that stuff. If you go check the table right now, They've won four games in a row. They are what, five points off the lead with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's an like teams. There are teams that would pay money to 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 be in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. so interesting. This is a game between two teams that are <laughs> supposedly in crisis. But even if we look at Manchester City, they also have eighteen points. They have a game in hand. You know that's what if they win that game. They're three. They're three points off the off the top, and mm-hmm. that means you know they're pretty much in a title race. So, um, it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, we're, we're hyping all these things. This team is in crisis. This team is having a shocker. But if you actually look at look at the status of things, they are fine. And I think that City is it like they will be enjoying this because they feel like all the attention is on Chelsea and Liverpool and Tottenham, but. They're also, you know, lurking in the shadows. I'm very interested to see who is going to win. I think, I I feel like because Manchester City have been just been going about their business, like without all the like controversy of Champions League and all that stuff, yeah. I would probably predict a very narrow, maybe 2-1 victory over Manchester United. But I'm interested to, to hear your predictions. Senor, thank you for that. Even, I don't know, I'm just heated because... <laughs> The crisis thing, eh? the problem Charlie being a man who I don't like to is very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Because, and mm-hmm. I blame the media, they're, sens- they're like, they are two sensationalists in their delivery of articles. Because they know that we have the most fans and we can drive the most traffic to their website. They just write very exaggerated mm-hmm. pieces to incite drama within the fan base. I used to follow the United stand. 
I've stopped watching their content <laughs> because I realized that at the end of the day, my Goldbridge, he his his ad revenue is dependent on how many clicks he can drive. And this guy just comes out, and then at first I liked him because he was fresh, but Charlie is also a sensationalist. Like he he, he hates McTominay for some reason. Excellent! Oh my God, it's too much. I just wish I could remove all this social media from my life. Stay in my room and work <laughs> when Manu is playing. I watch their games and go back to my life without having to see what's you know, written about my club. That'd be so pitiful. Wait, <laughs> can I quickly just add? You know, it's interesting. Koku made that point about United stand. I've actually done the same thing with um AFTV and all the Arsenal like extra me because to me it is very i'm going to sound like such a millennial very toxic in the mm-hmm. sense that you know it's it's very negative at the end of the day you're supposed to support your club like it's almost as if people's are agendas they want the club to do badly so they are proven right mm-hmm. you know and that has never made sense to me like at the end of the day you all like we we all want our team to win do we not like mm-hmm. all this you know negative trying to profit i i saw troops after the tottenham <laughs> victory went to post arteta out shades he's just trying to <laughs> you know it's, it's it's just like i mean come on you know but but yeah um in in regards to uh score prediction um, you know, you never know. Man, you could concede a goal, but I'll go two one Manchester United. Two one Man United. Um, actually, to be honest, it depends on which Man United. Is. Like, if it's first half Man United, yeah, the Man yeah. City could like easily yeah. they'll just do like a quick two 0 and the game will be over. But if it's second half Man United, I can see them sharing sharing the points. I can see them sharing the points. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, another game coming on next week: Everton versus Chelsea. At, at five nil. Hey, 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 please, 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 please. Three nil, three nil. I'm sure I've cast people off, but Everton are horrid. <laughs> like I've watched yeah. them play extensively, <laughs> yeah. and if Ole is facing pressures, Ancelotti should also be facing the same pressure. One win in about five. No system. When I watch Everton, it's like they don't know what they are trying to do. Over reliance on Hamas. If Hamas is not, oh my god, I don't even know to start with Everton. And it's funny because I'm an Everton fan in my household, and he was pumped. He said that Everton midfield can take on any midfield in the I Premier mean, yeah. League. They can't even take on. They can't even take on <laughs> Benley's midfield. So I don't know. I feel like for the first five games so, he was right. He was right. And then after yeah, that, but now Charlie, he doesn't know he can. Right now, his energy has just yeah, been sacked yeah. because. It's same old Everton. And that's the problem with Everton is that they've been on like this the last five years. The owner wants to take them to the next level in football, but he's not patient. He doesn't realize that room is not built in a day. Now he has he has pulled the cord and he's going for Ancelotti because he wants success now. Unfortunately for them, Hamas, he has two seasons left in him or one season. If it doesn't if it doesn't work out, Charlie's off. He's off. Yeah, like Charlie is like twenty nine and then he's like a liability and defensively, defensively yeah, yeah so i don't know everything charlie chelsea you guys and everything charlie, oh my god they are so hurried at keeping position and they're not a counter-attacking team so they really struggle yeah charlie you guys should win so, like three one 
to be honest. Send you really quick before you come in. I mean, what I realized from Everton, they once so they're a team that produces a lot of weight with their wing backs. Like their wingers aren't necessarily like pacey getting behind wingers. It's like Hammers and I guess Richarlison has pace, but his 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 remit is almost to get up to Calvert Lewin as much as possible. So they were getting their weight from Coleman and um Dinier. Um, with I think Coleman Dinier have been injured slash suspended for, for, for some time. And I saw Iwobi playing left wing back in the back five. And that's when I knew that no Ancelotti has just lost 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 the plot. But yeah, Senior, Senior. What do you think is going yeah, to happen I mean, in this game? Uh, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Before I start, let me just give a quick shout out to my my old roommate Andrew Fasiano. A very big Everton fan. Um, uh, I love you, but you know, you probably know I'm going to predict that Chelsea is going to come out with a victory. Um, I, I think that, um, yeah, Everton have done quite a few things okay, but they've also had a few failings. Um, you know, like if you're drawing one-one with, uh, with with Burnley, you know, there there are some questions that that need to be asked. I think that, um, for whatever reason, Hammers has kind of like lost that spark that he uh entered the first few um the first few weeks of the season with mm-hmm. um i don't know how much of that he'll be able to bring in this game against chelsea but i think for everton the thing that should give any everton fa- any everton fan hope dominic calvert lewin i don't know whether ancelotti has flipped a switch but it's like even though everton aren't like playing that well if I like look at it's only you know Leeds and Southampton that Everton like failed to score against, um, Dominic Calvert Lewin is always getting goals. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd say that, uh, yeah, I mean I think that you know Chelsea are, we're playing very good football. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to lie. I think that Chelsea are we are we're we're very we're in a very strong position. I'm actually very confident of our chances. I'll probably say that, yeah. I'd probably say that Chelsea should be able to win 3-1. I'm just putting the one there because I'm like Calvert Lewin is he's good. He's, he's I think he's actually very good, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um I'm very confident in Chelsea's attacking um in, in Chelsea's attacking um a lot of our first team didn't play um today, so they are going to, you know, have a full week's rest and I think that that would be good for them to be able to get to get a few goals against Everton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd say pretty similar to how we did against Newcastle. I'd, a professional 2-0 performance, just quick. And then we can rest players getting ready for the hectic winter schedule that's ahead of us. Um, All right, so moving on to another game, Leeds versus West Ham. How do you guys see that one unfolding? Pakofi, yeah. a Leeds fan. Um, you know, every Leeds game, you wonder what you get from Patrick Bamford. Like, Leeds will create chances. It's just a matter of, will that guy take it? And, you know, looking at West Ham, you know, West Ham have been decent. You know, I like Declan. You know, Mana, going into this season, uh, talking about Declan, I was like, this guy's crazy, Declan. But after yeah, watching yeah. him, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. That being said, though, you know, I'm going to go with a 
two. Yeah, Leeds will concede. I'm gonna go with a two-one mm-hmm. Leeds win. Um, simply because I feel as though I like Leeds wingers mm-hmm. a lot. I don't like West Ham's, you know, wing backs, you mm. know, too much. Rafinha, Rafinha is, is 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 to me looks like the real deal. I like Jack Harrison as well. Mm-hmm. He's very direct. So it, it it could be long for West Ham, and you know, Uncle Bona has a mistake. That's true. That's true. That's true. However, yeah. like you know, West Ham themselves were quite very profligate in front of goal against Man United. Like, Halle, I don't know what he was doing. I think he slipped and then he tried to make it look like something happened with his ankle and mm-hmm. and then there was a chance where he had to just square the ball to someone and he didn't do that either. But they are also quite good from set pieces and leads from set pieces against Chelsea showed us that they are horrible. So, mm-hmm. it could be it could be a very, very open game. Um, Yeah, Koku, let me come to you with this one. Wolves versus Aston Villa. Hey, you really like giving me the oh, Aston yeah, Villa yeah. predictions. Because I remember Aston Villa West Ham. I think Jackie West Ham will win mm-hmm. and they won. They are playing yeah, Wolves, playing right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wolves have a very similar template to West Ham. And Charlie Barkley, I heard that he's out with another hamstring injury. Mm. Oh, my word. They have lost half of their creative yeah, outputs. Yeah. Jack Grealish can't do it on his own. I feel like Wolves might win, to be honest. Like, Aston Villa, I think, I don't I don't want to get too carried away with them because of their mm-hmm. form. Because I know they, mm-hmm. they are a mid-table team, despite all their quality that can have. Um, Wolves need a victory. And if, uh, I feel like Wolves will, ish, maybe, two, let me see. It could be a 1-1 draw, to be very honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to go with okay. 1-1 draw. Okay. 1-1 yeah. draw. Um, yeah. Senor, I'm going to come with you to you with this one. Crystal Palace yeah. versus Spurs. How do you see that panning out? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we we don't talk about them too much just because they're like firmly established in mid-table. Mm-hmm. But Crystal Palace beats West Brom by five goals to one. Yeah, yeah. I think Crystal Palace were even away or something, mm-hmm. if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So yeah, yeah. that's a really strong performance, Benteke with two goals. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but that said, they're playing against Spurs. And, you know, Spurs are top of the table. Mm-hmm. Spurs are playing with a, a reinvented Mourinho. I mean, he never left, let's be honest. He just, you know, had a few unfortunate seasons and yeah i mean i think crystal palace are they are doing their thing but i mean i don't think it makes sense to to bet against a table topping spurs right. so i'll right. probably say spurs will win 2-0 okay cool Pakofi. yeah can i ahead. say this crystal palace are going to beat spurs hey i don't know about 2-0 i don't two know about, two nil. I don't know about maybe 1-0 or a draw but this is the kind of game that i think a spare side will struggle to break down yeah and not only that, you know, most teams struggle to beat Spurs because they lack creativity. But Eberichi Eze and Wilfred Zaha, those are very two creative players. I think Palace can really come away with this, you know. And it just seems, you know, in the Premier League, there's always that one-off. Spurs are on the high rise right now. This is the blip in the road. So Crystal Palace... One more All two. Right. All right. And then, I mean, <laughs> since, since you have the floor, Arsenal versus Burnley. Oh, relegation. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's going to be a very hideous match. 
Yeah, it will be so nasty to watch. Like, you have two managers with the same ideology in Shondai, Emika, Teta. You, you know, just two very pragmatic. They don't believe in football. Just, yeah, I, I don't know how. They are the same kind of manager. It's almost as if Ateta learns under Shondai, as opposed to Guardiola. But yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal, you know, it's a relegation battle. So both teams will be looking mm-hmm. for the points. So it will all be right, right, right. <laughs> um, and then Koku, just to run up our weekend, Leicester versus Brighton. Who do, who do you have? Charlie Leicester. It's funny because if I to if I'm to go back to that graph I mentioned about about teams that spend less time in their mm-hmm. opponent's box mm-hmm. as opposed to yada yada yada. Let's start mm-hmm. also down there. So they're very counter-attacking mm-hmm. side against Sheffield. <sighs> Sheffield were very unlucky. Very unlucky. Mm-hmm. John Fleck. I don't know what he was doing in the defense, but in the midfield, but Charlie. But Brighton also leave themselves exposed and they will play into Leicester's hands. So I don't know. I see like a I see like a cool two-nil victory for Leicester, mm-hmm. to be very honest. Yeah, just because Brighton, Charlie do play into okay. Leicester's hands and Jamie Vardy, inshallah. You know, it can't feel That's you. true. Very true. So, yeah. Very true. Very true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, before we leave, I just have one question for everyone to answer. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, we're getting into the December period of fixtures. And this is like around the time where teams start to reassess, okay, are we meeting the target we set for ourselves? If not, we might have to, you know, go in other directions. Now, who do you guys think would be the first manager to get sacked this Premier League season? We've not had a no, sack yet, right? We haven't. That's be that's very yeah, odd for the yeah. Premier League. Hmm. Mm. Um. Depending on our next three fixtures, it could be our third. Really? Because we yeah, because um, I looked at our next three fixtures. They are. Um, what you'd call supposedly winnable games, it is Arsenal though, because we played Burnley, Everton, and someone before we played Chelsea, and Arsenal could be anywhere between like eighth or eighteenth by the end of December, and I feel if we drop into the relegation zone, it's gone. So that's who I see, because I don't see Sheffield sacking Chris yeah. Wilder, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Man, that's actually a good question. Because I look at the Premier League table right now, and it's like each manager is in their grace mm-hmm. period of like the project. And it's like they are, they are giving this season to figure it out. Because even the bottom teams, Brighton, Charlie, they brought their. Graham Potter has come in. Enough now. Graham, Graham Potter. The philosophy. Charlie, I want to be in the Brighton. I want to be in the Brighton boardroom because I want to analyze what metrics they use to judge a good season. They said they want to play liquid football. But they are still in a relig- yeah. relegation dogfight. So to me, it's like, okay, your fans are now happy. You are scoring, but you mm-hmm. are still struggling. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this might be the season where we see the, the least seconds. Yeah. But if I'm to put my money on two managers under pressure, Ateta and Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. do you think the Everton, the Everton owners are trigger happy? Don't, nah, don't sack him because of his Champions League 
Alio, Enes Ancelotti, <laughs> if you sack him, who are they going yeah, to bring yeah. in? Marco Silva was an easy one to put the, the flag true. on. Was Ford manager. But yeah. Interesting, interesting. For me, I think I might have to go with Slavan Bilic. Um, <laughs> the only reason I'm going with Slavan Bilic because good, I think Tony Pulis might be on the market. So if if West Brom are in like the position <laughs> that they desperately need, yeah, Tony Pulis just comes back in, you know, does does his magic and then saves them. But that's that's the only reason because this season I think every team, even though they might not be in the position they want to be they would be happy with what their manager is doing right now. Like, you can't sack Chris Wilder after the season he had last season. Scotty Parker coming really under strength and he's, he's doing some stuff with Fulham. Like, they've won mm. some games. Like, if not for some horrendous penalty taking, they could be, like, out of the bottom <laughs> three. So, yeah. yeah. Senyo, what do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was I think I'd, I was also gonna, like, you know, I hate to speak on someone's job. Yeah, someone, someone, job, someone you know. losing their job, yeah. But what they're using to feed their kids but yeah i mean <laughs> i was probably i think i'd also say slavin village mm-hmm. just because like um yeah it's it's it, i feel like slavin village because he has that premier league pedigree he used to what coach west ham and it's kind of like you know they they'll probably expect a bit a bit more from more from more from him mm-hmm. and i mean you know in terms of the other teams that are like um kind of like on the lower end of the of the table there's some managers who i would almost consider like unsackable like leads are leads are not going to sack marcelo bielsa no, even if no. they get relegated again this this season that's no. an example because what he's done for them you know but yeah i mean i feel like slavin village i mean you know all the best all the best to west brom and and his and him but mm-hmm. you know at least from my eyes it's looking like you know the the West Brom board might be like, hey, like, you know, Slavin Bilic is supposed to be this guy who at least can guide teams to you know eighth, ninth, even if we are just for West Brom just coming from uh from the from the championship at least like you know thirteenth, mm-hmm. fourteenth should be okay, but yeah, yeah. they'll be disappointed with their current position. Before we go, um, I just like to say quickly commend Istanbul Basakshi here and oh, PSG. Yeah, yeah for walking off because of um, a racist referee. It, it was actually good to see that the two teams came in solidarity mm-hmm. to stop that. So, yeah. Actually, to the Paris and Istanbul boys. Thank you for bringing that on. Just for the last five seconds, I've realized that language barriers are mm-hmm. very interesting because mm-hmm. first when Cavani came out to that Instagram post, where in his language, mm-hmm. that word means dear friend or lovely friend or something. And I'm praying the 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 refereeing staff is yeah. from Romania, and Romania Negro means black person or something. I don't I don't I think the Webo I think is the assistant coach. I think he had nigger or something. Excuse mm. my language, and it's just interesting. If this was a philosophy sports podcast, I'm sure we talk about but. I mean, yeah, we we have we, <laughs> we still have some time. We have some time, so we can we can delve into it if you want. Mm-hmm. I think. For me, why I, I I agree with what the players did in a sense was because like irrespective of the intent, like you could clearly see that damage has been done, you know. Like mm-hmm. I I yeah, guess yeah. like let's say you are talking to your Romanian colleague and you say something that he understands because like you're both from the same place mm-hmm. and that's the way you inter- in- interpret that mm-hmm. word. But I think as referees we also have to remember that like in 
in the game that they are refereeing, in the role that they have, like there will be players from all different walks of life and stuff like that. And they might not interpret mm-hmm. or understand the context behind that word that you used. So um I for me I, I would have to side with the the coach and the Istanbul team on this one. I don't know what 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 do you guys think? Oh, definitely. That before I don't. Oh no, I understand. I'm, I'm like, say no to yeah. Say no not, to racism. You're not signing <laughs> with the comments, yeah. But you're just explaining no, like not. the nuances of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, um, just a quick one. Yeah, I think it's a tough one. You know, I don't like. You know, it's it's tough for me to speak on speak on this right because it's like. Um, you know Pierre Pierre Webo. Uh, I think he he used to he's the Cameroon Cameroon legend, um, and it's like a completely different experience than I'm used to. You know, like he's been playing. I don't know how much of his career he played in Europe and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I can definitely get the sense that it's like you know if he feels that um, it's definitely understandable for him to be like okay like no you know I feel like he because he has that experience of having played at the top level mm-hmm. um, in this in this environment, he probably, you know, has, like, if he feels like that's the moment that he felt like, okay, now nah, this is too far, I have to react. It's kind of like, I, 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 um, I believe him, you know, because it's like, he, he's, he's been through it. He's, he's been yeah, through the, yeah. the experiences, yeah. which obviously I'm not a top level footballer, um, I didn't, you know, I haven't spent that much time in Europe. So it's like, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just hope that it's, it's, um, in the very least, it's kind of like, we, this is a good opportunity for us to check whether like all this kneeling before games and stuff, whether it's just for show or whether like we're mm. actually, you know, making progress in, uh, eliminating racism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, we think hey, child, it's like we don't want to because this kneeling be. before. When I hear this, this, I always, this, I always want to talk about okay. these are exciting so, so, topics. Koku, right, right, <laughs> right before you come in, I, feel, I, I saw, I, I saw a glint uh-huh. in your eye, and I feel like we're about to talk about the same topic. So this, this, uh-huh. I think in the championship, uh-huh. yeah. I think uh-huh. it was Millwall. Millwall. Yeah. I don't know who exactly the teams were playing, but I guess Millwall were playing at home, and the players took a knee before kickoff, and then some fans were booing. And I think I saw today mm-hmm. some QPR strikers scored, and then went to kneel in front of the yes. celebrated kneel in front of Millwall fans. And so, for me, I start to ask myself like these questions that Senu just posed. Like, so all the things that we've been doing, like all the big banners they have at the mm-hmm. stadiums like black lives matter like we stand with you you know mm-hmm. kick out racism you wave our respects no room for racism mm-hmm. is, is it really is it really changing like are we are we really affecting society or do people just block that side out and then come see the game and then after that go back to their lives okay. sorry quickly so to me that's why i admire an organization like the nba it's the one sport where I can say they really don't just do it for sure. They will not play. Like they, you saw it in the bubble when there was police. Uh, there was a case mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, and the Bucks just refused to play. With football, you know, you still don't get the sense that they're. It it they have there hasn't been anything, you know, besides the kneeling to to show to me that okay there's actual change here. And that's why I was really impressed that 
as a team, the two teams decided, okay, we're going to walk off. You could hear Mbappe say, yeah, we're not going to play with this guy. You know, and, you know, I look back at very heartbreaking moments in the past where Sule Muntari, on his own, had to walk off a pitch because he was racially abused in Italy by a child. You know, it's it's certain moments where Eto would try and walk off and they'll stop him. I think it, it's reached a point where it's like, okay, if this happens, we're working. Like, let's go mm-hmm. together as a team. And Frank Leboeuf uh, on ESPN FC said something. He wants to see more white players, more vocal. And he called out a few players that, like, it didn't seem as though they were vocal enough. You know, because it was Dembaba, all the black players who were a bit angry. Tuku, Tuku, yeah? <laughs> Tuku was actually agreeing with the fourth official. That guy needs to be sacked from PH because he's a coach. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it, it just shows you that, you know, the world we live in, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you can do all these things, but I mean, is it, is it just for sure? It's, it's an important conversation yeah. we need to have. Oh, yeah, just quickly. I think for me, I like it because as for the adults, Charlie, it's cast with them. Like, they have already learned all that they can learn and they're not going to change overnight. Mm. For the kids, education is important. Mm. Like, a five-year-old, six-year-old, ten-year-old is watching football. Dad, why are they kneeling? Mm. Racial inequality is bad. And then they learn from it. So I like that point of view. But in terms of football, Charlie, we have been saying no to racism for about as long as I can remember. We have been holding banners to hold the banner. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is happening. So that's why I can understand why the kneeling is kind of performative. Because for the soccer, it came at a time where there was a lot of tension. And then I'm sure they sat down with their board meeting. Charlie, how can we show solidarity? Oh, let's take a knee during the matches. That's a good idea. That's where I say Black Lives Matter at the back of the EPL shirts when they first came back from lockdown. They need to do more. Yeah. They need to do more. But it's not something that's solved overnight. You know, uh, we have a few, so let me just chime in lastly. Like, you know, the racism is a bit systemic. You see it. Like, to me, uh, certain things don't make sense to me. Like, for example, the stereotypes of African power. players. You know, pace and power. That thing annoys me so much. Like, when they use the term pace and power to describe a player like Yaya Touri, it's like, did you watch him? Or like a Sadio Mane, are, are you clearly watching him? The fact that, you know, and I always say someone Eto because he's very vocal about these things. I think it was the year, you know, um, one of the FIFA awards, he was like, why aren't either Mosala or Sadio Mane nominated? It, and, and they were very random. I, I don't know if Modric was nominated. Somebody. Somebody who wasn't supposed to be there was mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. You get me? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's look, if if we, we start, we won't finish now. So yeah, it's just the yeah. little things. But I have a question, though, yeah. even though. Senu, yeah. you are a very uh, bright young lad. Hey. What do you think can be done... Mm. in the football community to almost I don't want to say kick out racism because that's kind of hard so it's not done overnight but do you think yeah. what they are doing right now is effective and yeah just your your general thoughts on everything just I think one one issue that I think is um, 
definitely like again like i always said it's 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 a it's a it's a kind of a foreign experience to me i haven't experienced these things like some other people but i think one thing that's definitely quantifiable is uh management you know like just like managers in the premier league there's so many like really good um black footballers and even just non-white footballers who are you know you you look at them in their playing career and it's clear that um that they're that they're really really good they might they um if they get their coaching badges and stuff like that they would make very decent managers and it's clear that like it's very unfortunate that some of these people are just not being given the opportunities that they should be given so i think that like definitely if we can have some more if we can have some more um more people you know of 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 different um different racial backgrounds um being given these opportunities to even manage at the, at the top level that would be at least one measure of success but um again there's there's just so many different things um, yeah. yeah 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 very well said very well said and um i think <clears throat> one of the things just just to add to that really so like a lot of people i guess we 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 aren't in like the uk i mean all the teams we support are uk based teams so there's like grassroots football and like basically kids from like the age of eight like they play football and then if they're not good enough they just play it as a hobby if they're good enough they enter academies and stuff like that and i think what would help is if we get a lot of the grassroots managers as well being like people of color because then that helps change the mentality of like the younger generations because then they they keep seeing people of people of color and authority they keep interacting with these people they build relationships with these people and then that helps like defeat the stereotypes when they are young so that once they grow they don't they don't grow with them if you if you know what i mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. but anyway mm-hmm. we have come to the end of another amazing episode um a great thanks go to senior for coming in and spending this time talking football with us we we, we really appreciate you coming in um and yeah, we thank you, the listeners, for for your continual patronage. Like like we keep saying every every week, you know, we look at the stats, we look at how many people have listened, how long they've listened, and we always keep getting blown away with your support. So thank you very much, and we will continue to be here providing great content for you. All right, thank you, and catch you next week. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers.